the Beer Healer Interviews. I am your host, Chris Lukinenko, and I scour this big brand land of ours, looking under fermenters and behind mash tuns to find the best beer stories to share with you. The Beer Healer Interviews is now available on all major podcast services. If you like the show and want to help out, can I ask you to simply rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast service. Just leave a few words and a rating and the podcast gods will do the rest. By doing this, you'll help others to discover the show more easily and hopefully get more people interested in this great industry that we call craft beer. Tonight is a bit of a different episode on The Beer Healer. Normally I get on here week after week and talk with my guests about the great stories of the industry, the achievements, the fun elements, and how great the craft beer industry is in general. However, tonight is a little different because of recent incidents in that industry. The social media posts from here and abroad and articles published on things like the Crafty Pint and other sites are highlighting the way that our female colleagues in the industry have been treated now and in the past. And it got me thinking, can I? Should I do something to help with this podcast of mine? And not only celebrate the good stuff, but highlight the other issues we need to have a conversation about. The answer is yes, and so here we are. Now, I'm the father of a daughter and the husband of an amazing woman. I've been a house husband for a while and continue to support my wife as her career soars. I think I'm a pretty good dad and generally believe that for the most part, I'm an advocate and an ally for equality. But having said that, I'm really nervous about this interview tonight, and I've told the girls earlier, I'm sure I can be better. I'm sure there'll be occasions tonight when I'm forced to have a think about my own behaviour, but that's okay because we're having a conversation. So, to help me with that conversation tonight, I have two amazing ladies who have recently launched a podcast of their own to not only talk about the issues they feel need to be discussed, but to also to promote some of the amazing women in the industry. The podcast is called Crack the Ceiling, and the hosts are Lindsay Gregg, certified Cicerone and assistant brewer with Stomping Ground, and Tiff Waldron, also a qualified Cicerone, president of the Pink Boots Australia movement, Beer Girls Bites founder, and customer engagement manager with Mighty Craft. Ladies, welcome to the Beer Healer interviews. Wow. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, hello. <laughs> How's it going? That might be the longest and and most serious intro I've ever done. Yeah, it, it felt it felt very serious. I wasn't. I actually wasn't prepared for that. I'm like, no, <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah, I forewarned, I forewarned you before, and that I said I was bloody nervous tonight. I, I said because uh, I was explaining to the ladies tonight that I sit somewhere between the new wave of change in uh, the world and the old way because I'm 45, so I'm sitting smack bang sort of between. I don't know, the boomers and, and the, the Gen Y, millennials. And sometimes, you know, I get called out for old behaviours that I maybe fall back into with, and things like that. So I, I wanted to make sure that tonight that I'm, I'm here to support and I'm here to talk and here to make this uh, a great podcast, but I'm, I'm fully expecting tonight that I'm going to probably learn a few things too from you too, I reckon. It's true. We will call you out on something. So I would say first off, uh, girls uh, and ladies... <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was gonna say, just gonna dive into that one because oh, okay, let's let's start with that because I've I haven't I've, I'll tell you later I haven't really got a plan but let's talk about that because it's okay no no, no that's all right know. it's really I mean it's when one Australians throw that one around a lot I think one it's just a sign of respect not to call other women girls but then two never make the assumption so. The world we live in, the respectful thing to do is to ask somebody their pronouns. Um, when you meet, you know, if you meet somebody new or you're in a situation where you can write down who you are, where you're from. Um, so I would say, hey, I'm Tiff Waldron, I'm she, her. And then Lindsay might say, like, hey, I'm Lindsay, I'm she, her. But in that same sense, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm also, yeah. Here. It's, a, it is a whole, I'm still learning all of this as well. Uh, I thought it was the fact that I called you ladies. So but it's just the fact that I assumed that. Is that right? So I think it's a little bit of both because I know for me personally, ladies, it does, and especially coming from an older male, um, just someone saying, hey, girls, hey, ladies, that's automatically kind of diminishing us as in putting us into like a younger or like an ideal kind of situation. Like, what do you think of when you think of ladies or like girls, like a young girl? Personally, I'm not a young girl. I don't consider myself a proper lady either. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wearing a corset and a 
carrying around a feather duster. I don't know what you would imagine a lady doing. I'm not a lady. I don't have a parasol. Um, and I, I, for me, yeah, for I think Tiff and I both personally, um, ladies thing, one, it is assuming that somebody chooses to recognize themselves with that, but also it's kind of feels like you're treating to talking to us like we're maybe younger and naive and putting us in a class such as that. But then I I can't say women either, can I? Because then I've seen that spelt this week. I know Pia Poynton on one of her posts put an X in instead of an E in women. So So is that bad as well? Just be women. That's totally fine. Women is totally fine. Just women's good. Yep. Um, Or gender neutral. Yeah. Um, Humans. uh, Folks. People. Yeah. Folks is a really good word. I say y'all because I'm Southern, but that, that's tied into a totally different thing that actually I've, might not be appropriate <laughs> come from that area. But like y'all is what I grew up saying. Yins is what my mom says. I don't know. Um, yeah, just like a group of people. Peeps. If I say peeps, well, but people say you're too old to be using that word. Peeps. Oh, Doesn't that make you feel like you're back in the early 2000s though? Like yeah. where's my peeps at? <laughs> and then, then I, sometimes I'll use guys because to me, to me, guys in my head is not anything. It's just like a here's a group, yeah. but then I get it, trouble. You can't say we've say given that guys well, gender so. neutral definition, but like uh, people are offended by that. Like I think generally try and keep things gender neutral, just as like uh, just to be respectful, not knowing who's around you at any given time but i like seriously i am learning this every day and talking to people who are different than i am and have different perspectives and experiences to try and learn from them so like something that we say today may not be the same three months may not be the right thing three months from now but like just always having the conversations being open if somebody says hey can we can you do that differently and then you're like okay i'll try and learn how to do that differently that's basically kind of where we're at right now and i think that's okay if i fall back into a bad habit tonight i'm sorry but maybe i'll try and use y'all for this evening uh, what a great <laughs> fucking start this got off to with my first thing that i've caught oh my god i need to have a drink go. oh, Liz, i should have got you to do the sound oh, effect for perfect. The can. you don't want me to uh, do the sound effect <laughs> and here i go drinking my upflow non-alcoholic beer tonight because it's a week Ooh, now. Oh, nice. So which it's one? It's not even going to calm me down. But Yeah, which uh, one is it? The Ultra Pale Lager. So mm. I spoke to them last week, uh, Chris, on the podcast last week. Yep. I uh, drank a couple then and I bought a couple more to try them. And I, I, I was actually pretty bloody impressed. But we're not here to talk about upflow. We're here to talk about <laughs> other issues. Uh, and, and look, I... Even though we got off to a slightly rough start, oh my god! Um, let's let's, let's just okay. sit, sit back and relax about it's this not thing. A rough start. I think it's all up here. Just here. breathe, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, when I I have my guests on, I like to celebrate their careers. So let's start by doing that, and then we'll get into the serious stuff. So, Lindsay, let's start with you. Tell us about your uh, your career in beer. Yeah. Um. So I have been in beer for I think six and a half, seven years now, like just working for breweries. Um, before that, I mean, I've been working in craft beer bars since I was like 18, 19. My first bar job was in a craft beer bar or a bar that had a lot of, a large selection of crafts, um, kind of fell into working for breweries. I moved to new Orleans for the film industry. I put on a bit of weight, um, had some panic attacks and a local brewery was hiring. So local being like two blocks from my house, Um, he was hiring for a assistant brewer at the time and he kind of asked me, he knew me quite well because it was two blocks from my house. Um, he asked me if I wanted the job and I took the job. Um, and yeah, that was, that was six years ago, six and a half years ago. And since then I've worked, I worked for two different breweries in new Orleans. So that was courtyard brewery. I worked for NOLA. I brewed at courtyard at NOLA. I did more like events and stuff. I moved to New Zealand to manage a craft beer bar. And then I came to Melbourne because the beer industry was a little bit bigger. It felt like there were more opportunities over here. Um, pretty quickly got in with the stomping ground company as a whole from local tap house stomping ground. When we had Gabs, I did some front of house management for Gabs. Um, I've worked for Hemingway's up in Cairns and also worked for Molly Rose in the three and a half years that I've been here. I've worked in all facets of the industry, 
Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so I had a working holiday visa for the first two years, so I had to switch jobs every six months. So it was kind of a bit of, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shuffle round of what brewery I could go to, like what brewery wanted a certified Cicerone to come along who had some brewing experience, like, where could I go? What could I do? Um, which in hindsight, I'm really grateful for, because had I not done that, I would have probably just stayed in one place. I'm really grateful for the movement and the movement within the industry that I got to have. Um, but yeah, assistant brewer at Stomping Ground. Hey, uh, Jeff, what, what are you up to over there? We're just having a chat amongst ourselves. But yeah, that's sorry. Okay. Good. Um, that was there's a lot of stuff you crave you to those um, six or seven years, Lindsay. Uh, Tiff, can you beat her with the amount of stuff that you've done? So I've been in the beer industry for about 10 years and in Australia for about 15 years. Makes it really easy to remember how long I've been working in beer because I quit my job and started working with Good Beer Week during the second year. So having known what just passed, so it's been 10, 10 years now. Um, I worked for myself doing freelancing and doing social media for a bunch of breweries and festivals and um, venues. And then I, I mean, did a bunch of other stuff kind of to pay the bills also in between. I opened a bar. So I opened a craft beer bar on Smith Street called Two Row. Jeez, I guess it was like seven, six years ago now. So I had that for about two and a half years. Um, and I left the bar and then I was working with CUB as a craft beer ambassador for about a year and a half. So I was the Goose Island ambassador and the craft beer ambassador doing beer education. Then I was the marketing manager for Rate Beer, which was a really interesting time, really interesting thing to do, place to be, um, the marketing manager there when ABI took full control of it. So that was interesting. And then when ABI sold off CUB, Rate Beer stayed with uh, ABI and I stayed in Australia, obviously. So I did a little more freelancing, did a little work with Kegstar and started doing some work with Mightycraft and was building a beer education program. When COVID happened, we, they needed help building a website, started doing that somehow ended up in like a full marketing role at this point. So doing a little bit of a whole bunch of stuff because it's still quite a startup company with you know, working with a whole bunch of breweries and distilleries, which is awesome because I get to drink good beer all the time, which is amazing. And yeah, so working with Pink Boots, we started Pink Boots about nine years ago now in Australia, and I've been the president since last September. Nice, nice. Listening to all of that reminds me of those pinball machines I was playing at the Voodoo Ranger store oh, at, um, yeah. at Gab's just <laughs> ping bouncing around all over the joint. Bloody hell. <laughs> and uh, in amongst all of that, you two have both done your Cicerone certifications. Yep. How long does that take? Because I was interested in doing it at one time and I thought it sounded like it took a couple of years. It's, it's all self-study, so it really depends on how close you get into things in your job. Yeah, so depending on what kind of job you do and what kind of base you already have is how much study then you're probably going to have to do. Like if you're entering it with not working in beer at all and not really handling or getting hands-on with a draft system or connected to people who can actually show you how to set up a jockey box, then it might take you a little bit longer and a little bit more study. But, um, and I mean, it is rigorous. There's like, no matter what job you're in, there's a lot of things that you don't get experience with. Um, so you do have to learn, like everyone has weak points, but yeah, it doesn't, I mean, I don't know, Tiff, how, yeah. how long did I you mean, study? I, mean, I didn't pass it the first time I took it, but that was also a lot of years ago now. Uh, I passed the tasting yeah. portion, not the written portion. So waited till the, so the written portion is one hard. Well, they're both hard. Yeah, it covers just yeah. so many. It's just a, a breadth of knowledge across all things beer. I'd struggle with the tasting stuff because I can pick tropical notes and that sort of thing. But when it comes to describing papaya and guava and crushed raisins and things like that, I'm actually pretty shit at it. Practice. It's all about practice. Just need more practice. Oh, I fucking practice. Don't worry about that. I'm just shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all right. It's practice and it's memory. Yeah, no, yeah, fair enough. Sorry to interrupt. Just a couple of things you can do if you want to help spread this craft beer gospel. First up, Apple Podcasts. If you've got it on your phone, find the Beer Healer interviews. 
scroll all the way down to the bottom, rate, review, subscribe. That's the best thing you can do to help me out. Other than that, whatever podcast player you listen to this on, follow me or subscribe to me on that one. And then also find me on Instagram and follow me there. Thanks for your help. Uh, let's talk about the next stage in uh, both of your careers, which is which is your new podcast. Two episodes in, Crack the Ceiling, complete with a soundtrack that includes some amazing beatboxing from Lindsay. So good. <laughs> it, uh, it's great. What, it uh, wasn't meant to be beatboxing. Well, it is now. It is. It it's part of it. imitating a can. <laughs> oh, God. Do not it's hire me as your special sound effects coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> Available on all uh, good podcast services right now, so go and check it out. I've, I've listened to the first two, the one where the first one, which is basically you two introducing yourselves, and then you got the wonderful Zoe Ottaway on episode two, who I just absolutely adore. That lady, oh, there I've done, I've done said it. Oh, <laughs> I absolutely adore Zoe because she is just amazing and so knowledgeable in the area of marketing and so passionate about business. She's just an absolute ripper. Yeah, an absolute joy to be around. Yeah. So tell us. Uh, what is the elevator pitch for the new podcast? The elevator pitch. Um, hi, we're hi, we're in an elevator. Um, this is awkward. This music's lovely. Hey, so me and this girl Tiff have this uh, podcast. Um, we talk about beer. We get weird. We do some blind tastings, and then we have uncomfortable conversations about um, sexism, misogyny, and other things people don't generally want to talk about in the industry. Yeah. So we're really, really what it came down to was obviously we'd been talking about it for a really long time. And we realized that we were having all of these conversations. And I say we like Lindsay and I were, but also the other women in the industry that we talk to quite often. And we were realizing that no one was having these conversations publicly so that other people could hear what we had to say. And also, yeah, definitely in Australia. So Basically, we decided to change the content of the podcast to be a little bit about sort of the intersection of gender and craft beer, but that may evolve to be kind of more than just gender and craft beer. I think, especially the more people we talk to, the intersection of just other 100%. people, others in craft beer. Yeah. And and life and the people yeah, who are enough. behind the beers, um, but not like... I think one thing that Tiff and I really want to kind of, I don't want to say stay away from, but we do want to stay away from is like talking to brewery owners and like head brewers um, or the ones that people always talk to because the beer industry is, there's so many more people than that, you know, working in the industry with so much passion. It's definitely a passion industry. And there's a lot of people that have a lot to say, good things and bad things. And, and it's not all shiny rainbows. I, um, me and my bros got together and opened a brewery and look how awesome we are. Ooh, that's um, a common story I've heard before. <laughs> like, oh, we just all got together and quit our day jobs and opened this brewery and we're just <laughs> blokes in the brewery. Um, <laughs> we we don't want to have those conversations because that it's the beer industry. Like you can't pigeonhole it like that. It's not just that it's so much more. And the people who work in it are so much more. Fair enough. Um, so, so, so yeah. Uh, we're down on the Bee Healer interviews because that's pretty much what I do. So, uh. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> no, that's, that's why we're saying there's not podcasts out there that are like, you know, we're not talking to the, the beer tenders or the amazing sales reps that have just been building a brand quietly, like, but talking all the bar owners or all the, you know, all the people who make the purchases, they're the ones out pu- pushing the beer. We're not, Podcasts aren't talking to those people. Those people are very important. <laughs> I've I've got to say I've had Dave, Dave Myers on my mine multiple times, so he counts. <laughs> Dave loves a good guy. He does. He does. So <laughs> has this whole thing been in the works for a while, or did the you know the recent events with the Rat Magnet account and all these other things being called out? Was that just like? happened coincidentally at the time or did you think right I coincidentally we started yeah so it's really funny because Lindsay and I started podcasting under ale of a time like a year and a half ago and then when like we recorded one and then like the next week we got locked down and so it felt uncomfortable to even release that one and then during lockdown which obviously in Victoria we had a lot more time locked down so we just never really 
did it because it just felt not right to keep talking to people. But once we came back out and the other thing was we kept talking about how we had to create our own yeah. spinoff and have our own name. And so it took a full year to come up with a better any name, name. <laughs> for the podcast. Sorry, any name for the podcast. And then I don't know. Just the, I was just I was driving around one day and I was like, that's it. That's the name. And then I uh, created the logo on Canva while it was in a meeting. And, and it was- we need to get it done by somebody who knows what they're doing. But uh, yeah, so it was something that's been in the works for a while. And we recorded our episode, yeah. our first episode, weeks, weeks, maybe two yeah. months and before. It's, but it's also so like things that Tiff and I were doing as well yeah, throughout can, lockdown yeah. and conversations we were having with friends. And like, we're both a part of this group of... Um, women in the all encompassing in the beer industry. Um, that is like, a bunch, it's called Cicerones for equity. And it, it came about during the black lives matter movement, um, and kind of offering free mentorship to, um, BIPOC women to bring them up in the beer industry and help them get their certified beer server and push them on into the certified Cicerone program, um, to get their certified Cicerone. And it was scholarships and mentorships and it was all free for them and just trying to bring more diversity into the industry. But there's a big international group chat that we have, um, on Instagram of all things. Um, so we're a part of this and there's been a lot of conversations in that as well. And sometimes it's just <laughs> before the rat magnet stuff, sometimes it's just women being like, Hey, I'm really exhausted by this. This is really bringing me down today and coming into the group and saying, I'm just, today's just one of those days that I'm just exhausted by the industry and I just can't anymore. And that's not just in that group, but in other conversations in other groups with other women, those things just kept coming up with us. Um, and I think another conversation we had was just that the glass ceiling is so low, like it's so low. Um, and it's all just sprawled. I mean, I think all of this stuff has been forever talked about amongst groups of women. Um, it's just now starting to be talked about in a public space. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. good. Uh, in, an, in an attempt to educate myself uh, on all of this, um, this past week or two since we agreed to do the the chat i i was reading through the hundreds of messages on on brian's or, or i don't like calling a rat magnet i'd rather say brian's account uh this past week um and one of the comments like really resonated with me it said stop messaging women in beer with yep. shock or apologies we don't want your apologies we want action walk the talk and yep. so i guess that's what i was when i saw that that's kind of why I want to do this. I know Tiff and I were having a bit of a chat um, on LinkedIn one day, and then I think it was after that I found this. I thought, yeah, no, I think this is really what I'd like to do. I'm not really sure how it's going to go or what I want to do with it, but I'd like to, to you know, talk about this. And I said to you off air before, you know, I usually plan out these things. You know, I've got my whole uh, interview plan going. They go off on tangents. We have conversations outside of things. But I want to take a different approach with this one here tonight and basically let you two uh, talk about it and guide me through this conversation. But then, as I said to you off air, I was second guessing myself, thinking that, oh, if I do that, um, people think, oh, you're treating them differently because they're women, or, oh, you're going to want to lead the conversation and try and take and be the man. And I just, I didn't fucking know. So I thought maybe it's just time to to just relax a little bit about this and just say to you, where, where do we start with this conversation? Here. <laughs> That's a good start. Yeah. I think there's so many things and I think it's just to be clear, we're having the same problem. Like we don't know where to start, what to do to, to move things along and take action. Like we're all having these same conversations. I think it's important that everybody's having these conversations and don't just leave it to the women to find the solution. Um, I think that's that's the most important thing. And then the next thing I'm going to say is be the person in any room to call something out. And the more that we all talk about this, the the less likely it is that it's a one woman fight or a one man fight in any given room. Because the more we talk about it, the more comfortable other people are going to be in calling something out. And then we've, yeah, so we've, you know, we've, I don't know, 
take an act like we're all talking about it there's um in australia and new zealand beer agents for change the that's the instagram account we're using here to talk about what actions can be done because it's it's all well and good to share stories it's it's a lot different in australia in terms of defamation laws but also employee protection is quite different here so it's it's less so about having to quantify that it's a problem or or qualify that it's a problem here. Let's assume it's a problem. You don't need to hear all of the stories, but that we need to just do something about it. So that's why the IBA is working on something. The Beer Agents for Change group is working on something. I know the New Zealand Brewers Guild is working on something. So the idea is that this is not a conversation that's going to just go away in a few months. This is it needs to change. The whole industry needs to change. Yeah, and I and like tonight's not about naming and shaming anybody by any means because that's not really yeah. what we're here to do. But it was interesting at Gabs the other week when I spoke to quite a few people, and at that time the rat magnet stuff was probably a week old, maybe I think, or something like that, perhaps. Uh, and at that time, there's a lot of rumblings around the place that oh, just you know, that's happened over there. It's going to happen in Australia, and it was surprising that the number of comments that people made saying. There's blokes like that already. That's it's sort of like a, a well-known secret, if you like. That there's already been that stuff that's going. Around. I'm assuming that you know yourselves and your friends have had poor uh, experiences in the industry. I mean, I read her story on on Crafty Pint. That that was fucking shocking. I've got to say, I I could not believe that. Um, it's but, not though I mean, for for women no, reading yeah. that story. Like it's like that is not a shocking story. Common. Yeah, and and. That's that's probably part of the problem in itself, isn't it? That it's 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 not shocking because it happens so often. Yeah, it's not shocking to you, as in it's probably not using the right word, but because it is commonplace. Is um, that's that's the bit that I struggled with to to understand because uh, that it is so commonplace as you say. How the fuck does that happen? I I don't know. Uh, very easily. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, I think Tiff will probably speak about this a bit more eloquently as like as she does generally most things, but um, this is the <laughs> society and the world that we live in. And I think we also have to remember that um, we can preach how far women have come in the world as much as we want, but we need to remember that in the 60s, you still required a man to get a house or a credit card even. Um, like that wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> Oh, do you know what? A couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were trying to get some solar panels installed on the shack, and the person on the other end of the phone call said, "When is your husband going to come be home so I can come and talk to him about this?" And she said, "Are you joking?" He said, "Oh, no, I can't come unless your husband's not there." I'm like, "Mate, it's fucking 2021." Yeah, but like this yeah. is so. Yeah, and because of all of the attitudes. Um, in the general public, you know, the first question we ask if a woman's been raped is what was she wearing and was she drunk? And also because it's especially hard in the beer industry on the one aspect where part of our job is to drink, (laughs) you know, like, and we don't, I don't think we talk about that side of it enough, but we do have a tendency to drink in this industry, this industry as part of your job and also part of your love and being out there and being social is going out and drinking and yeah, maybe going a little bit too far and maybe you black out. But then if you say anything about anything that happened, you put yourself in that situation because you were drinking, even though that's part of your job, it's this big, big loop circle. So instead the woman ends up taking on the feelings of responsibility also because society has kind of trained us that it is our fault. Like it's our fault. We got too drunk. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how that happens. And that's how it's continued to happen for years because we don't talk about it and we take response, our own responsibility for it. Because even if you do talk about it, okay, so I was drunk. So it automatically, it automatically discredits me. I am. Um, I've, I've got a 17 year old son who's starting to go to parties and, Okay, we all know that the kids drink, um, even though it's illegal, but they do. And it's been really interesting talking to him lately on these types of topics where he's come to me because I've I've preached to him like I've got a daughter, so I've I, you know, respect 
um, your, your friends, whether they be males or females or whatever, but you respect them. And if you're at a party and a girl is drunk and, you know, you see the wrong thing being done, call it out. Tell me about it. Um, don't be that guy who's going to get done for date rape or whatever it's called these days. But be respectful of everybody at that party. And we've had some really uh, open and honest discussions, which have been quite shocking to me, where he's he's detailed some of this behaviour in uh, boys that he goes to school, school with, where they're doing it at the ages of 16 and 17. And him, as a young man, has had to go over and sort of, I don't know whether it's create a diversion or whatever, to try and stop that behaviour from happening as this girl is about to have God knows what done to her down the, the back of the bushes at, at a house party. And um, it's it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking that, I mean, I know it's part of my responsibility as a parent to have those conversations about a, a broad range of things, but, I, yeah, it was a real eye-opener to me um, at his age that this, this is happening in this way, and I guess it starts there and just, Bloody continues on. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's teaching them that to to call out their friends when they're behaving that way is a huge, huge. Like that's how we change things: is teaching kids to call out when anybody is being bullied or treated disrespectfully or harassed or assaulted. Um, and that's it's. I think even just coming back around to the original question is like we Australia is a very blokey society. There's a lot of casual racism and you can bet your ass. There's a lot of casual sexism, casual bigotry. Like it's been very accepted because it's not overly violent, I think. Um, and it's that's a big part of the problem is that you start with one small thing and then by never learning to call it out bigger things take hold and I think the other thing is like if you're in a room and somebody says something stupid like Lindsay and I could just as easily have not corrected you when we started this podcast and said like don't you know don't say to two women girls or ladies because it kind of brings the feeling in the room down. It might, you know, kind of give like a party pooper atmosphere. So I think that's the other thing is especially like when we're out in our industry, it's quite often partying celebration and being with friends. And so people are afraid to make that call because they don't want to bring the feeling in the room down or be kind of ostracized for being the one to say something. Yeah. I've got to say, I was actually, um, pretty proud of the, the lad for calling that stuff out. Like, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's scary as a grown grown man at my age, you know, but um, for him to, to have the convictions to stand up for his his friends and, and call that out, oh, I couldn't have been proud, I suppose. But, yeah, but I guess that's probably few and far between. He's probably in the minority, I suppose. Yeah. I'd say I- probably, like, <laughs> we're not trying to, like, the little men or make the world an uncomfortable place for men, but also like it's been a pretty uncomfortable place for everyone but men for a long time. Yeah. Actually that's sorry, straight white that, men. Yeah, that um that brings me to something. So I wanna know what you think when you know we're talking about all these issues and then a response from a male might be, Oh yeah, no, I'm shocked by the whatever is going on. But not all Guys are bad guys. How do you? How do you? Uh, <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> how do you, sorry, it's what I you say. Laugh. Like, Lizzie's do you call it out? somebody else. If you're not calling it out, it's just as bad. Yeah. Not not that's, all guys. Not all like, the whole not all men narrative or the not all bad cop narrative. If you're not saying something and if you're not doing something about the bad things that are happening and that you see happen, and I I look. I find it hard to believe that anyone has existed in this world without seeing something that they're like, mm, I don't think that's right. And then they don't say anything. And, and that is, you know, that is young kids at parties. That is like seeing anyone who's probably a little too drunk or not completely there and someone's taking advantage of them. Like that's not an uncommon story. That's a super common story and it doesn't get called out. So for the kit or anybody standing around that to watch that happen and be like, Oh, but he's the only bad guy. That's not true. 
Like you were there, you saw the thing and you did nothing. So the, it's, and if you say not all men, sure, but a, a lot enough that it's a, a problem. Yeah. You listeners can't see uh, Lindsay's face right now. We're on a, on a video chat, but uh, the emotion in your face that you were showing right, right there and then like that, that was real talk. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I've heard that, I've heard that thrown around before. This um, is when we stop our podcast and we record. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry for laughing when uh, after I asked that question, but the look on Lindsay's face was like she's about to throw <laughs> up. And yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to hear what you th- think about that because that that thing does get thrown around a lot, doesn't it? So much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think we were all kind of quick to be like, "Well, it's not that bad in Australia," but the reality is, it it, it is. Yeah. It's maybe different, but also there's you walk into a room and there's not that many people there to protect you if you're not the majority. Yeah, and I also like there's a so the Whisper Network in Australia. I when I came over here within the whisper network of women, I was pretty much immediately, as soon as I I got to know more people in the industry, I was pretty much immediately warned about one person specifically, like just to be careful, be careful around them. Don't trust them. Like you just, we have that network and we all talk about it. And it is a thing that's here. So for something like the Crafty Pie article to come out, it's like, yeah, well, I knew that when I came over here three years ago. Like, I've been warned. So on one hand, you can applaud the Crafty for putting out an article along those lines. Mm. But on the other hand, it's like, why now? Why not earlier? Is that sort of how you feel? I don't think No, not at all. No. No, It's hard. Yeah. And, and because it is like, that's why we have our whisper network, if you will. Like, that's why we communicate with each other about that, because when things are said out loud or, or when things are posting an article like that is, is massive, calling anybody out, even though it's anon- anonymously is a massive thing to do. And it's a hard thing. And you anything you do publicly, it's going to get a lot of backlash. Um, and in the industry as well, you don't want to be, you don't know what it's going to do for you. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to say it. Like we just tell each other and it's just known. Well, it's watch your back. You know, this is your career. You want to protect other, like for me personally, especially where I'm at, and I want to protect all of the women in our industry so much that like, that's why I felt so compelled to take action on doing something because I feel so protective of the women in our industry. And I know when I was younger and far less confident that so many things happened and I didn't call them out. And I look back now and I'm like, I so wish that I could have called it out then. So what I want is for not for the younger and newer people in our industry to not have to deal with that and look back and say, I wish that hadn't happened to me. Yeah. Um, can we make a point too also that um, so we obviously have focused a fair bit on the sexualized side of things with, with this topic, but it's not even – really the whole thing that we're talking about here. There's a lot more of that, and it could be a lot smaller things, a lot simpler things like, you know, not getting a chance to go for a job because of a man. So, so uh, I don't want us to focus on the, the the sex stuff because that is despicable and it's massive and that sort of thing, but it's a whole lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah, and that's mostly what we – I mean, that's mostly what we're talking about, to be honest. Like, it's when you walk into, you know, when you're talking to somebody and there's a mention of, like, women's places in the kitchen or, you know, why, why every time I'm in like on a panel for something, do we need to talk about beer made with vaginal yeast? Like it just doesn't need to be talked about like all the time or when, you know, you're at a stand at a festival and you've got some casual Joe Blow working next to you and the punters come up and immediately ask 
the like casual worker standing next to me who doesn't even know how to pour a beer, you know, what beer they should get. Just the assumption that the man at the stand is going to be more knowledgeable than the woman at the stand. And that is like, that is every day. Or yeah, or that my partner is the brewer. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, there was a lot of in the rap magnet ones. There's a lot of that sort yeah. of stuff that I read too. That just just assumptions that there's a, a potential husband and wife type duo that um, run a brewery, and that the the mind immediately goes to that he's the brewer, he's the everything, and she's accounts or something like that. Yeah. You know that sort of. Or thing. yeah, just just assuming that. I mean, what Tiff said the the thing where you're working a beer stand and even as the brewer or hosting a beer dinner recently, I had, um, I had, a a, a male attendee, um, after I had already introduced myself, da, 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 da. Um, he asked me what I wanted to do with my Cicerone certification. And if, if my goal was to become a brewer and I was like, Oh, I am a brewer. And he's like, Oh, I thought that other guy was over there. I thought he was the brewer. And it's like, I'd literally, I, stood up and I introduced myself as a brewer and (laughs) the other person who hasn't said anything, who's just wearing the same brand clothing as me, but because he's a male, you think he's the brewer. Like these things are still happening. Um, And it's stuff that like you just hear all, like it's a constant. It doesn't, it's not. (laughs) Maybe the pink boots society could make some t-shirts which just say, yes, I am the fucking brewer. Or yes, I, I drank beer. How many times have a, like, you work in beer, oh. Tiff? Like, do you actually like, do you actually drink beer? Do you, do you like do beer? You, yeah. Going back to my days in Lyon, I used to always get really pissed off when we used to make a a beer for women or a beer for a shared occasion. And, it, God, it used to piss me off. And, um, you know, it's ever since I've, I've left there long ago, but they still still seem to be going through that process there for a while where they're still, oh, they are. They still a beer want to for women. And drink it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of just making a beer that's great, some women will like it, and some how about like a and... beer for everyone? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, even I mean, just if you look at the way most beer marketing is built, it's it's aimed toward the current audience, which skews male and you know twenty five to forty five. Instead of going, hey, we have an opportunity to gain a whole new audience, the percentage of women who drink beer in Australia is still super low. Whereas if you look in America or in Europe, it's you're sitting at like 50% plus of women who drink beer. And in Australia, it's at like 19%. That to me, like that's a big piece of the pie that people aren't even really fighting for because no one knows how to attack it. Which why... And I'm just wondering as a society when we're going to stop it because it drives me nuts. When are we going to stop genderizing beverages? Like beverages don't taste buds do not have a gender like taste. Everybody has different tastes and flavor preferences and it doesn't skew. Like the only thing that convinces us that we go one way or the other is advertising from a young age. Like, oh, I'm a girl. So I must really like pink fizzy drinks. Like when you actually sit down and think about it, do I actually like pink fizzy drinks? Now I do. I love Moscato. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. I love pink fizzy drinks. <laughs> what did you say? I love pink fizzy yeah. drinks. I like um, pink creaming soda. Yeah, pink creaming soda. So good. But like, there's nothing wrong with men drinking Moscato. There's nothing, like there's just, it's just a drink. It's just your personal preference. And let's stop. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, I'm going through this with my wife right now who's been a wine drinker for her entire life, wine and champagne bubbles, and starting to introduce her to these sour beers that um, that I've got that are similar flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. Carbonation levels. She is loving what she normally drinks. That's what comes down to the the pH level when you start moving into the sour beers starts to match that of like white wine. And so – the flavor, like flavor profile wise, you start to open up a whole new audience of beer when you go down that route. She actually chose a beer over a wine the other night. I got some beers down from One Drop and 
<laughs> she had one which was an imperial blackberry sour, which was like ten and a half percent. And she's like, oh, fu-. and awesome. I videoed her. I fucking love this beer. It's the best beer I've ever had. And then she had the, I think it was the hibiscus and hibiscus and pineapple or hibiscus something like that as well. And she she finished the can. So, and but if you know, years ago, if I'd have told her here try this beer. She wouldn't have been into it, but it's just that flavor profile, and it's proving your point, isn't it? That doesn't doesn't matter. Um, you know, it's just advertising. It makes you think I do or I don't like these things, but take the labels off and just give them a liquid, and you'll make your own mind yeah. up. Um, it's great. I love serving beer in wine glasses and champagne glasses to people who say they don't mm. drink beer. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Just fooling them. Just fooling them. That's nah, good. So. Yeah. Um, so I've covered off on a few of the topics here tonight. I mean, there are so so many more that we we could we could discuss. But instead of focusing on the bad shit that's happened or happening and all that sort of stuff, what can, can we focus now on the positive stuff? How are we going to fix this? Uh, do you um, both have plans in terms of working with the Pink Boots or your or your own companies or whatever that are going to help sort of start to put in place? Because it feels like we need. I know rules, processes, procedures to sort of really start to identify the problems and then start to fix them and get them off out of here. Yep. So for me personally, I'm on the IBA people project team. So the IBA is working on some, you know, short-term and long-term actions to take for the industry. And I think we'll start seeing that actually very quickly. So it's really awesome of the IBA to make a statement right away and say, we're working on things. And I know that they genuinely are. And I mean, from Pink Boots, it's a bit, it's a bit tough because our position is to be supporting women through education. So we're here and, you know, that our goal is to make, to bring more women into the industry. So if there's something Pink Boots needs to do or can do to work with somebody else, to make it happen, we're working through that. And then there's also the group Beer Agents for Change that was just created to help move things along in Australia and New Zealand. So there's a few initiatives coming out of that as well. And right now they're collecting what everybody else wants to see and see done and what they believe needs to be done. And then I don't like for right now, like it's been awesome see, seeing a few breweries start to take some steps and saying like, Hey, we acknowledge there's a problem and we need to do better. So, you know, as of right now, when we're recording this, Wolf of the Willows and Jetty Road have come out and said something as well as Garage Project. And I think it's awesome to see breweries say, Hey, we're having this conversation. Even if we're not perfect, we know that we need to do better and we're working on it. So to me, and they've been like, they've, they've really, they've outlined things that they're doing, like actions they're taking to start to make changes. And I think that's really awesome. What about Stompy Groundlands? Do you anything sort of that is going to happen there at a, at a not, not saying that they've done the wrong thing or anything like that, but like, have they sort of said, okay, well, maybe we're going to look at our processes or our procedures? So or- they haven't made a public statement as of yet. Um, there have been internal conversations. I think the COVID thing as well has kind of put a pause on things because right now the biggest now the biggest concern has been taking care of casual staff um, that are without a job for two weeks. So that's a lot that we're, they're working on. And through all the lockdowns, Stomping Ground has actually done a lot to um, help staff and make sure staff has the support they need, um, especially the, the casual staff. Um, so I know that that's a big thing going on internally right now. The timing, I think the timing of the crafty pint article with Melbourne going back into lockdown is just kind of a bummer (laughs) just because it's like, Oh, we're going back into this COVID stuff and now it's two weeks. Is it going to be three weeks? Like how long are we going to be locked down for? Um, for me personally, I'm trying to, work on a thing. And I've been in talk with, um, another brewer. Well, she's in New Zealand now, Charlotte, we're trying to get a website up and running. That would be, um, more for like education purposes, but also trying to find a way to shift conversations within our own groups. Um, and a little bit more outward outwardly, I think, yeah, 
It's interesting. <laughs> what and what about your male colleagues? What what do you want from them moving forward in in your businesses in in the wider sort of craft beer industry? Is it is it more just well, a stop doing bad shit, uh, but b be aware, c call it out? Is that sort of yeah? I mean, uh, and and believe yeah. women when they tell you there's a problem. That's that's the other really big key yeah. there. If a woman or anybody who is essentially in a minority in any room tells you that there's a problem, they have a lot more to lose than you do by calling it out. So if they say there's a problem, believe them, back them up or help them out in calling things out. And yeah, like it takes, you know, it takes a lot of learning and unlearning behaviors and vocabulary there's, you know, it's more than just a women's problem. Our, in our industry, we need to tackle, you know, racism and transphobia and homophobia. It's more than just fighting for women's place in the industry as well. So it's just about recognizing the problem, believing somebody when they tell you there's a problem and calling it out. That's a pretty good first step. And like I said to somebody else, like in general, like how not to be a a bad person, how not to be a dickhead, I think is how I put it. It was like, don't touch anybody. Don't touch people. And don't comment on how somebody else looks. That's a that's pretty good basis thing. for how to behave in a group of people. Yeah. Like, Sorry, Lindsay, what was that? Oh, that's a big one. Don't comment on how someone's looks or or what they're eating. <laughs> just going to throw that one out there. Too. You should never comment on what someone's eating. Like, just let them eat their thing. Like, if you don't know them, don't say anything about it. <laughs> that's <laughs> never heard it that ties in. What if it smells really it good? It ties in. Oh no, I'm not talking about okay. that. I'm ta- well, and it's yeah. Uh, um, I just, you know, I had a man once in a grocery store um, who was just checking out in the self checkout beside me, and like, I had ran out of protein bars, so I was just buying some protein bars and like, I think a couple of apples. And he looked at me and he went, "Aren't you a healthy little girl?" <laughs> I was like. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, in, my, in my head, I thought you were, that's kind of gross, isn't it? In my head, I was thinking I'm in my office and someone brings in a lasagna. I'm like, oh, that smells great. What do you got? Not that kind of comment. It's more what no. you just described. Yeah. Now, aren't right. you a little hungry girl? Like, don't, don't oh. say it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, just don't. Like, look, unless you're, and it ties into commenting on how someone looks or dressing unless you know them personally or touching them like um i don't know yeah stop doing that i mm. <laughs> I, um, stop making gender-based assumptions as well like yeah stop <laughs> I feel, so i feel like i'm about to start to talk and then oh but one more thing one more thing <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. I was going to mention that uh, Brienne or, or Rat Magnet has uh, appeared in a podcast, uh, I think today, yesterday, which is the Graining In podcast. If anybody wants to maybe sort of find out a bit more information about that side of things and, and where she's sort of going with her work in the States. Uh, speaking of podcasts, Seamless, over to yours. Uh, who's coming up in the next couple of episodes? What's going on? Any any surprises? Uh, well, we have... We have um... Chelsea Bright. Chelsea Bright which is, pretty is our next guest. I think that'll be dropping mm. shortly. Nice. Very excited. And um, then COVID happened, so we need to oh, that was figure recorded. out how we're going to Oh, okay. That was recorded before. Yes, we recorded it? that during Good Beer Week while yeah. we were like in the midst of Good Beer Week. So that'll be a fun one to listen to, um, to remember our freedom. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we were going to record one this week, but... When we talked about it, well, we talked about it right before we went into lockdown and Tiff was like, want to schedule it for this weekend? And I was like, I think we're going into lockdown. And she was like, yeah, good point. Um, well, now you've experienced the the whole uh, recording over the interwebs stuff. You can reach out and <laughs> Yeah, instead of via Zoom, because yeah. we were, with Elle of a Time, we did like Zoom onto YouTube. Um, so live. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, such amateur hour. <laughs> oh, my God. You want this with its individual audio tracks. <laughs> then, then you can get people like... Um, the awesome Pia Pointon on. I'd love to hear her on your we podcast at some stage. Oh, yeah, 100%. She, she's a ripper too, um, absolutely. Yeah, we have a few ideas, I think, for some next guests. 
but nothing's confirmed yet. <laughs> you don't yeah. put too much pressure think, on yourselves. You know, we're, gonna, we're also going to be having some more conversations, probably even without yeah. guests, because with everything that's going on, there's just yep. a lot to talk about. Yeah, the rat magnet stuff, I think we're going to address that. Um, um, do you reckon she'd come on the podcast? She's done one. I asked her. Oh, oh you know. I asked her. Yeah. Oh, you just like you slid into the DMs or whatever on Instagram and said, could I? Yeah, I did. She thought, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> things, things really kick off after that. Oh. Um, and I, you know, I'll point out, she's actually not handling it all anymore herself. It's oh. moved over to another account, Embolden Active Act Advance. So that way it can be a group of women, not just one person. Um, And, you know, the same, there's one in Europe. It's just, there's lots of things going on. So it's not just the one, but if you follow the trail, you can kind of see what else is going on. And it had to come off of, because it it went to something so much more than what it initially started as yeah so it just oh, yeah. for legal reasons yeah, and for mental health. All that stuff that was must have got pretty treacherous territory in terms of legalities i reckon when uh i remember that i saw one name come up quite a few times and i was like oh, how, how do they do this like without getting into trouble and americans love no, you, just have, you, just, <laughs> yes. you just have to do it there's no other way around it and you really <laughs> defamation only counts if it's not true so oh yeah okay yeah, that's very cool. Wrapping this all up, y'all. Um, <laughs> just, you're that. not quite there. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Sorry, I I'm do sorry. appreciate the I effort. A, I had a work. I had a workmate um, from uh, the south, and she used to always say "y'all" all the time. But I, I don't quite uh, have it with my Aussie accent. But anyway, wrapping this all up, y'all. Uh, how how do you feel about the future in terms of? Um, what you're trying to achieve to to change the industry? I think I oscillate between excited and hopeful and completely hopeless and stuck and unsure. So that's probably my answer. An oscillation between extremes. Yeah, I think right now, to be honest, uh... You just see how these things happen, right? You just see them gain a lot of momentum, especially in this like current like clickbait society we live in. Things gain a lot of momentum and traction, and then they just kind of fizz, fizzle and die a little bit, um, and they never quite go as far as you want them to go. So personally, right now, I'm just, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I, I was watching something yesterday on the television, and someone made a comment about the Black Lives Matter movement, and the comment was, and I'm paraphrasing, was something along the lines of we were fighting about the same things back in 92 when Rodney King was beat down. Was it 92, I think? Uh, we're still trying to have the same conversation now. What's that, 30 years later? And we're still talking about having needing to have the conversation. Um, so I, I can understand why you might be, you know, a, a foot in both camps in terms of, you know, feeling hopeful but also hopeless if that's the way society deals with, you know, issues along along these lines. So I can I can totally get it. Um hope hopefully, you know, uh tonight just having this discussion uh might help other people sort of start to have more discussions and more chats about this. Um so Th- thanks for your time tonight. Thanks for agreeing to come on, and and thanks for going easy on me when I obviously stumbled across uh, in the very start. <laughs> uh, as I said, I thought I would probably learn something in the intro here tonight, and there we go. I've been schooled. One of my great friends used to always say, "Every day is a school day." And as a forty-five-year-old man who uh, is learning every day from his kids about uh, the right and wrong way to do things and how to live in this in this new modern world, um, I'm certainly learning a lot. And I just want to say thanks for. For uh, yeah, taking it easy on me tonight, but thanks for thanks for your time as well. It's been it's been really interesting talking to you, and I, and I hope we've done something to help help the cause. Oh, tonight. but thank you so much for having us on to have this conversation. Thank you for that. That's yeah, thank you. Pretty, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. It, no, it was my absolute pleasure. Um, thanks, y'all. Uh, be well and. Uh, 
Cheers to great beers. Oh, and by the way, the upflow beers that I've drunk tonight have been fantastic again. So great yeah, stuff. Yeah, good. <laughs> enjoyed awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have an interesting beer story and want to be a guest on the Beer Healer interviews, send me a message via my Facebook page. And once again, if you want to help out the show, a simple rate and review on Apple Podcasts or a follow, like or share on any other podcast service will do the trick. I'll catch you soon.